Welcome to Nina Talks Business. I am Nina Anasantia and this is my new podcast. We are doing episode two, which is very exciting. Cannot believe we're another week on. I'm bringing the podcast to you this week in conjunction with my business, Nina Anasantia Virtual Business Support. And this week, I would like to highlight our support services. Support is very important, whether it's in our personal life or our professional life. And with our support services, which range from executive assistant through to personal assistant support services, we have you covered. Our tagline is we provide solutions, and that's because that is what we do. Whether you are a busy entrepreneur with more than one business venture and life um, is hectic and you're time poor, we can help with scheduling, we can help with paperwork, we can help with administration, we can help with booking flights. We can help with booking vacation. I can even help find you good childcare providers to interview. There's so many things that we can do that it's an holistic person-centered service that has been designed so that you tell us what it is that you need. So our website is very simple. It's www.ninaandcentia.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. So this week on episode two of Nina Talks Business, I want to talk about the modern workplace. I can hear you saying, oh, Nina, you know, we have laws and there's protections and there's employment laws. And and there is. And thank heavens for that, because we should have those. And that's very important. We even have COVID regulations in the workplace now, which is fantastic. And that should also exist. And there are discrimination laws and there are laws against abusing people and sexual harassment and we can see that the laws are currently working in the in New York because Governor Andrew Cuomo is being held accountable for his behaviour and the toxic workplace environment that he created. This is really important that these laws stay in place that are that are used and upheld. I had an experience at a job in the UK where I was um, sexually assaulted by a director, excuse me, okay, cups, um, when I was actually at a, another professional person's birthday party. So it wasn't in the workplace, but there's a lot of us from work there. And I have to tell you that the person whose party it was, we're still friends and he was very supportive and he supported me through the whole experience. However, nearly every party decided that, you know, what they saw was uh, consensual, so that screwed me. And the the mental health organisation that I worked for in the UK um, didn't have any policies in place for their employees in what to do in the case of rape or sexual assault or sexual harassment, which is pretty shocking because this is going back to 2015, 2016. So we're not talking a million years ago. It's not that long ago. And the culture was very much to persecute me, um, to insist upon me having invasive, unpleasant conversations with a male, who a very nice person actually, with a male um, HR manager. I was not given any counselling because they wouldn't provide anything outside of their health package and they felt that whatever I said could be used against me, which is fair enough, that was kind of gatekeeping, but 
as in, as in protective gatekeeping, but they wouldn't, wouldn't provide anything else, wouldn't help me find other services. And this is a mental health organisation that works with some of the most vulnerable people in society, people that have had long-term mental health illnesses and conditions and have had you know a revolving door experience of being inpatients and then outpatients of hospital people that have also had uh, learning disabilities or physical dis disabilities and mental health issues and addiction issues these are the parts of, of society that this organization worked worked in and with and for but they couldn't protect their own staff and I the person that did it to me, because he did, he got, he resigned, so he wasn't sacked, and he would have got a massive settlement. I asked for like six months to a year's money because the police investigation was just so horrendous. Um, it was just horrendous. Even though I had a very nice detective in charge of my case, it was horrendous, invasive, embarrassing, humiliating. I was made to question my own sanity, my own sense of self, my own word. But it, but basically, I, I was told, no, I, I got given a day's money extra and that was all I was worth. My life was worth that and that alone. So I'm, I do follow cases such as the uh, Governor Cuomo cases very closely because I know what it's like to, to be... I mean, I was quite at the bottom of the company. I was the frontline person going out and working with people that didn't want to engage with services. I wasn't a director... I was at the bottom um, doing important work, but I was at the bottom of the wrong. Um, in fact, the person that assaulted me told me that he was my boss's 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 boss, and he was very clear that I knew that, which is pretty disgusting. So I'm speaking about that pu publicly because I think it's really important that we understand that, yes, with all the laws in place and with all the... Um, policies in place and um, with the legal framework that we have and this, this was in the UK um, but actually the UK has a terrible record when it comes to harassment of women or abuse of women they they have a very bad record in the UK there's a really toxic culture there um, you know get, getting cat called in the street is normal there it's only when you leave the UK and move to another country that you realize it's 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 not normal. Actually, other countries don't always do it. Um, so that was my experience. So yes, the, the laws are working in the case of Governor Andrew Cuomo being shown that, yes, he was great as a front person for New York and was a really good governor and he did loads of amazing work in, for COVID. We can't negate that. That's why people are complicated and that's why people are not one-dimensional. They're people. But he also is an abuser. He's a predator. You know, he has behaved, used his power, age-old thing, powerful man, using it to his advantage. Um, and that equates in abuse. But also the other thing that I've noticed is not just the continuation of the old school, if you like, or the, the abuse that we are all aware does happen and that we are all aware that these laws that are necessary and important aren't always used correctly aren't always upheld and sometimes somebody having the right connections as in my case you know you don't get anywhere you're just thrown out like the trash i was basically thrown out like the trash um you don't you don't get that um you just get silenced and told to shut up and go away basically go away um and 
you know, so sorry, your life's in tatters and ruins and being smashed on the floor like a plate, because it does, it affects every single part of your life. But also, I've noticed the, the fact that, okay, so the fact that our workplace has changed, because our workplace can be our home now, which is a nice safe space if you're not living with an abuser, but if you're fortunate, like myself, I live with my children, I live in, I live in a safe environment. So we work from home and we, and we work remotely, which has worked brilliantly. And obviously we were also going back to work, some of us, into offices with good COVID uh, regulations in place, which is fantastic. And that's great. And I know that some people are working half the time in the office and half the time remotely. And I think that makes sense as well. But the workplace isn't just in our physical home or connected to our colleagues via the computer or in our physical office environment with our co-workers. That's, that's not the modern-day workplace. The modern-day workplace is now also virtual. And I'm not talking like general social media, although that also is the modern-day workplace. You have um, entrepreneur groups, you know, small business groups, you have businesses, you have businesses that have pages. I have a page, you know, we have Instagram accounts for our businesses. It's a really useful tool. We can get new clients, we can have conversations. It's a really good use of um, of a resource because we can communicate so easily, connect with people other side of the world. I mean, my business doesn't have any borders. I can work with anyone anywhere because it's virtual. So, you know, it's fantastic. So that's great. And it's it's brilliant. I love it. I love social media, um, although sometimes it's boring to do. But I like interactions with people, most of all. And I actually really like LinkedIn. And that's kind of where this conversation is starting from. Because I have noticed, and I've always noticed this, but I'm noticing it more. I don't know whether it's because we are all noticing everything more because society has been under the magnifying glass of the pandemic since it hit March last year, that we have become all aware, all, all of us have become aware of the racism in society, the discrimination in society, the unequal access to healthcare. We have become aware of it. We're becoming aware more and more of the abuses done to the indigenous people, like the First Nation people in Canada and obviously the Native Americans in America with the horrific stealing of their children and then the merging of their children. We are becoming more and more aware. There are some of us that have been aware about these issues for a long time. We have known people directly affected by this. We have friends and family that are in the groups of people that are being discriminated against. Um, I've been in interracial relationships and I, I, can, I have witnessed, you know, being the receiving end of racism with my then partner. It, it, I'm aware of it. I'm also um, more than one ethnicity. So although I'm very white, Sometimes I will get comments that and someone works out that maybe I'm not as white as I look, as they put it. Um, so I've been aware of these issues for a very long time. And I've been, and the great thing is that we're now all becoming aware. People are now having real conversations. And they're having real conversations. Um, and I'm really praying that this means that we will affect actual change to restructure society because society only works for those that created it and as we know 
white men created society as a patriarchal system to work for white men. And that's it. That's who it works for. If for all of us that don't fall into that little group, we have to work twice, if not three times as hard, if not four times as hard to achieve some of it, just to achieve some of the things that these white men achieve. Um, and that's that's true. That's true for a highly educated man that isn't white, because let's face it, most of the world isn't white. You still have to work at least twice as hard to achieve the same thing that a, a white man has has achieved. Um, and we know this to be true because we have all seen it, experienced it, witnessed it, watched it, know it. it it's true. Um, you know, I won't get, I'm, at the moment, I'm trying to get a part-time job to go with supporting the start of, of this business, but I, I, I'm, I'm not employable anymore. And that's because um, I'm 46, I'll be 47 this year. Although that's a whole other conversation we're going to have on another episode of this podcast, discrimination about middle-aged women. Um, so what I want to talk about now is the fact that we are having these conversations. I'm hoping and praying real change will be affected because people, even the most privileged people, cannot ignore these conversations any longer because we are still under the magnifying glass of the pandemic. But the other thing I've noticed is that the, the abuse that's happening in the virtual workplace, um, mostly LinkedIn, yes, you do get a lot of trolls on all social media, but I must say that the groups that I belong to on like entrepreneur groups and small businesses are very well moderated by the administration. So you cannot um, be abusive and you cannot um, discriminate and you can, you can educate, you can help, you can support, but you, you, know, you can't just DM people without any um, permission. It's, it's a really good, they're really good, good groups and they're well sort of organized. They have visible rules. It's, you know, there's certain days when you can drop your website and there's certain days when you can just sort of do like a positive affirmation. I really like that. And I think it's how social media really should be based on mutual respect and understanding. But as we know, it's not. And this is why I don't go on Twitter anymore, because Twitter is just crazy and nothing good happens on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so Instagram is really useful for business. And I think LinkedIn is one of my best resources for my business. So, and I actually quite enjoy it. And you can get to connect with some people that are very, very interesting that perhaps you wouldn't normally find as easily uh, on Instagram, or some of them may not even have an Instagram account. So you get to talk to directors of companies and you get to have conversations with people in Canada or in Australia or New Zealand, different walks of uh, life, different businesses. And it's just very interesting. You get to sort of read different articles, sometimes written by the person posting it, sometimes from their, the news in their country. So it's, it's interesting. So that's all positive. What I have noticed is that the, the, the gatekeepers are out in force at the moment. They, they seem to have really been invigorated, renewed, and the, these, are, these are men gatekeepers. Most of them are white. Not all, but most are white. And that's the truth, because I've gone through and looked at the ones that I see all the time. 
And I'm like, okay, so you're white. A lot of them are white. There are different age ranges from 20s, I would say, but most of the middle age, like my age group, in their 40s and older, I would say. Most of the men that are supportive and, and understanding are like, tend to be sort of my age and younger, I've noticed. So you get the people that sort of um, my age and older, that the small pocket, don't forget, not all people, if anyone asks me, you know, these people are in the minority. They're just very, very, very vocal. And that's the problem. Very vocal, very busy, really abusive. So a couple of things. Two people... These two things have stood out in my head as perfect examples of what these men are gatekeeping. So, three examples, actually. Maybe let's just stick with two first. Um, one person, I can't remember, I'm not going to say his name, I can't actually remember it, um, but he's on my network and he posted a photograph of his daughter um, because his daughter, um, I think she has some form of disability, I don't know, but yes, she does, but I'm not going to go into that. So she has some form of, of disability. She was a beautiful little girl, she's gorgeous, I think children are across the board. Um, and his company was supporting this charity, which this charity was you know, directly benefiting his daughter and people like her. Um, and it's a really positive, amazing story. And I, you know, he was talking about her achievements and the things that she'd overcome and it was a huge thing to overcome like you know doctors have predicted this and doctors have predicted that and she was just like a living miracle which is an incredibly positive amazing story and it's like this is the this is the charity my company is supporting this charity you can donate here this is my daughter and this is an incredibly positive story okay so i think that's perfectly appropriate for linkedin because his company is supporting the charity there's the business link this is an raising awareness of a particular dis a particular disability which is a societal issue and as we all know many companies support charities or have foundations because we you know if you're in business you are part of society all of these people underneath and they were all men i checked um because i checked these things they were most and they were these these men were all white actually decided that this was not appropriate. And they didn't say, oh, I don't think that's appropriate, or how is this appropriate, or could, could somebody explain to me why you think it's appropriate? Because we can have questions, nothing wrong with that, but we need to talk about them in a way that's positive and, and you know, questioning and learning and growing, not abusive. It was very angry, and this is what I find fascinating. These gatekeepers, they're so angry all the time it seems anything turns up on their peripheral vision that they don't like and it's like whoosh instant anger how dare you i did not give permission here at my gate basically that's 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 the mindset this makes me uncomfortable i don't want to look at this i don't want to know and i think well then just don't read it but you can just like scroll past not read it you don't want to know don't read it but they do want to know but they want everybody to stop what they are doing, to, to listen to them. 
Like, no, no, I want you to know because I want to tell you about how I feel and how this isn't appropriate because I'm telling you and I'm the gatekeeper and I'm telling you that your daughter's picture isn't appropriate. Your daughter has a, dis has a disability. This makes me uncomfortable. No, no, no. This is not in my, my preferred, agreed, limited, highly edited existence that only pleases me. This is not what's going on. I don't care if it's a charity. And this is what I don't understand. This is a charity. This is this man's daughter. This charity is supported by his company. There's the business appropriate scenario. That's it, in a nutshell. It's important for businesses to be involved in society. It's important for businesses to support charities for health and for, for people that are, you know, suffering from disasters in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, for people, you know, for for. for for food banks, for charity. Charity and business have always been in, involved, always, since the Victorian times. I mean, the Victorians did kind of create a lot of the problems themselves, but there was also charitable donations, which are horrendous, as we know, but there were. So charity and business have always walked hand in hand, actually, particularly in recent years, particularly in the last 20 years, I think, the last 30 years, certainly, because companies have foundations, they help, you know, the, 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 try and try and protect the rainforest. They have um, affiliations with, you know, environmental charities, with medical charities, with Save the Children. It's always been there. It's always been important, this connection. So the gatekeepers didn't like this. And they, they decided that, that they knew LinkedIn's policies and that they could tell this man it wasn't appropriate. And we all kind of questioned them and said it, it is perfectly appropriate because this is his daughter, it's part of his life, his business, it's supporting the charity, it's a charity, it's part of society, there you are. The other story I want to share is personal to me because I have a beautiful daughter and she's a transgender woman um, and I have had the privilege of supporting her through her transition um, and her transitioning um, and I was obviously there and I protected her from a lot of the abuse, really, that she had directed at her, the misgendering of, of her on purpose, the, the incorrect use of pronouns and people making statements such as, oh, um, they haven't transitioned enough uh, physically for me to use the correct pronouns. So basically... And this was another white man, and actually a white man that's known her since she was four. And he decided that she hadn't, you know, hadn't attained the goal that he had decided was appropriate for him to, to listen. So again, he was gatekeeping her transition uh, to fit with his very limited uh, cisgender view of what a woman should, should look like. Um, and, this is, and this is the point. So you had these men, and they were definitely cisgendered men um, making this comment on this particular post on LinkedIn. This young woman came out on LinkedIn, I'm not going to say her name or anything because it's not my story, it's her story. And she came out and, and obviously it's to do with her professional uh, page uh, for the company that she works for and she came out as transgender which is an incredibly amazing, brave thing to do. It's so important that transgender people can do that because the rate of suicide with people that do not live authentically themselves 
is huge um, and people aren't protected. So having support and having a supportive work environment, which she clearly did, and having a supportive you know, personal life and those and members of the community to, to help you through with this, this process is, is absolutely essential. And there needs to be more organisations out there, particularly for young people, to go and talk to peers and to healthcare professionals to get access to mental health, to get access to, to hormones, to, act, to get access to information to help and empower people through their transitioning process. Because unfortunately, that isn't readily available. And when it, where it is available, it is often oversubscribed and the services aren't being funded. They aren't being having more services created. It's not expanding. There isn't, there isn't any funding really going into a lot of these um, resources available. Um, you know, my daughter's been on the wait list for years to get hormones in the NHS in the UK and she actually pays for them because otherwise she would still be waiting on the wait list um, to access essential life-saving healthcare. It is life-saving because if you don't transition medically if you want to, it will impact your mental health. It can lead to suicide um, because it uh, creates body dysmorphia, um, which is a very serious mental health condition. As I said, I've worked in a mental health environment. I, I know this professionally. I know this um, intellectually. I know so this is knowledge-based and this is also experience-based, experiencing the pain and suffering that my daughter has gone through and the lengthy hoops that we jumped through to try and access this essential healthcare, which, which is what it is. Um, and so when somebody does transition, particularly initially, it's very scary, you know, you're, that person's vulnerable, they're kind of exposed, um, it's exciting, it's, it's you know, terrifying, it's, it's amazing, and so many people feel different things. It was very hard for my daughter. But, you know, if you have the right support, if you have the right supportive environment, which sadly a lot of people don't, it can be a really empowering thing, um, experience, rather than, you know, a completely abused experience. So... I thought this was a very beautiful post that this young woman wrote and it's completely appropriate for LinkedIn because as I say, our identity is who we authentically are in our life. So that carries across all parts of our life from personal to professional. We cannot pick and choose our identity uh, for certain aspects of our life. You know, we have uh, certain ethnicities, we can't change that. We have relig our religion, we, ha we can't change that. We have, um, we shouldn't be made to. We have our gender identity, we have our sexual orientation, We whether or not you're like non-binary or transgender or gay man or a lesbian woman or, um, or bisexual or pansexual. You know, this is part of our identity. If you're, you know, heteronormative like I am or non-binary like I am, that's part of my identity. That's who I am. I carry that into every aspect of my life. I look white, so I don't face discrimination that people that aren't white face, um, and they face that in society, and they face that in the workplace. Sadly, it does happen. However, this is where we come to laws and policies against discrimination. If you post anything that is abusive on LinkedIn, and you obviously have your employer linked to your LinkedIn page, then you are breaking the law. Not only are you breaking LinkedIn policies, but you are, are breaking your employer's 
policies and you are breaking employment law. So you are breaking the law. You are actually committing a crime. And that's a fact. Because if you go to your employer and say, I was abusing somebody, I was purposely misgendering a young woman, and I was involving myself and my, and I was spreading hate, and I was abusing this young woman, and I was discriminating against her because of who her authentic self is, because she has had the bravery to come out as herself, because that will be breaking your employer's policies and it will be in breaking be, be breaking employment law that's a fact and i want everyone to think about that before they post anything disgusting on linkedin again so these white and and some of them weren't white but these male gatekeepers were purposely misgendering her deciding this was appropriate only for facebook they were then listing all the other social media forums that they decided that she should be posting on and not LinkedIn because they missed the point. The point is that we are authentically ourselves in our personal and our professional life. She's not going to come to work and stop being transgender. She's going to be a transgender woman at work. My daughter goes to work as a transgender woman. My daughter goes to the shop as a transgender woman. My daughter does everything in her life as a transgender woman because that's who she is. I do everything in my life as a heteronormative non-binary person that is sometimes she and her, sometimes they and them. You know, I live my life authentically as myself. I am myself in every aspect of my life. We all are. Um, our, our sense of self is made up from our history, our heritage, our ethnicity. So much brings about uh, the story of where we come from and the story of who we are. That is our identity. And our identity is precious and it's important and it is ours. And it is not for other people to gatekeep and decide what is or isn't appropriate because they are prejudiced, because they are willfully ignorant. And willful, I use the term willfully ignorant because we have Google, we have computers in our pockets with our phones, we have access to information so easily. So if you are misgendering a transgender person on purpose, you are discriminating and you are abusing and you are willfully being ignorant and you... No, actually, I think you're purposely being abusive because you will know that you are misgendering a person on purpose and you will be doing that to just create pain and hate and perpetuating your toxic prejudice and this is what these men were doing they were saying really snarky things misgendering her and saying wishing misgendering her you know the best clearly they don't um but shouldn't be on here shouldn't be on here shouldn't be on here so i ended up messaging them all saying the same message under the same comment underneath which is this is appropriate for linkedin we are authentically ourselves in our personal and professional life. Our identity is the same in our personal and professional life, which is a fact. You also do not get to gatekeep what you think is or isn't appropriate for LinkedIn. This is, is not going against LinkedIn's policies. You are breaking LinkedIn's policies. You are breaking employment law. You are discriminating. You are the one that isn't using LinkedIn appropriately. And then it continued. So I did the thing that I do. I flagged all of their comments to LinkedIn for being abusive because they were. 
and they had all their comments removed. And that was the end of that conversation for them because I'm not, I wasn't going to sit there and, and, and watch people do this to this young woman um, and get away with it. But this is the thing, the modern day workplace is now also virtual. And people think, because it's the internet, it's unregulated, um, but it's not actually. LinkedIn does have very clear policies on discrimination in the workplace. And if you are employed, which most people are, if we're fortunate in these difficult times, or have a business like I do, then your information is linked to your employer on LinkedIn, which means that you are directly breaking employment law and directly breaking your company's policies on this matter. The conversations we need to be having now are what can we do to affect the change? If you are a person that doesn't know anything about someone being transgender, go and research transgender history. If you do not understand why Black Lives Matter is important and essential, go and research racial segregation and abuse in America and around the world. Go and understand the root of racism in society, which was created by white people, by white men, uh, to justify in their head kidnapping and trafficking people from their home countries uh, to another country to be sold as commodities and abused and raped and tortured and murdered. Um, and, and to be treated as objects rather than people. That is the root of racism. Um, people in the LGBTQI community have existed since mankind have existed. We've all had different cultures, different languages, different religions, different belief systems since mankind have been created. We've, we've, we've all been different and our differences should be celebrated. But we need to look at the modern day workplace because society is under the magnifying glass, as I said, of the pandemic. We need to now, not just as I have um, flagged up the comments for being what they are, abusive and discriminatory to LinkedIn, for example, which I always do. It, I think now the next step is to contact their employers. If I see racism on LinkedIn, I will flag that up as abuse and discriminatory. But my next step, if I see people that are transphobic, misgendering people, that are racist, that are discriminatory, I'm actually going to contact their employer because we have all our employees or employers' information, uh, our, the, 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 government, the, the company website, it's there. We need to start holding people accountable and also getting them to ask themselves the uncomfortable question, like, why am I uncomfortable? Why do I want to create a reality that is limited to, to the one that suits me and suits me alone? And the truth is, it's fear, it's willful ignorance, and it's discrimination. And, and it's actually, and this is a conversation I have with somebody I know, he's a white man, and he's very successful, and he's like not racist. Um, however, when it came to talking about um, true equality uh, in society, particularly in the workplace, true equality um, in terms of access to education, um, access to promotion, um, people of different ethnicities, minorities, um, securing uh, decision-making positions and top-level positions in business and government, um, women, 
being uh, achieving those positions of uh, authority and decision making in government, in business, in Hollywood, and everything. He then said, "What would become of the white man if this happens?" And I thought that was very interesting because he was genuinely fearful, and it was a genuine like an but, but but what about white men then? What would happen to white men? And I said, "Well." If you believe that your success has been attained due to your merit, to your talents, to your creativity, to your hard work, to your qualifications, to who you are as a person, to your tenacity, to the thing, to how hard you have worked to attain this position, then they have nothing to worry about. If you believe you have attained this level of success due to societal privilege, then yes, you you need to then look at yourself as a person, you need to look at yourself professionally, and you need to work harder. Because if we all have the same opportunities, we will all have to work hard as we should and attain success based on merit, not because of our gender, not because of our ethnicity. We shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like white privilege, it shouldn't be gender privilege, it shouldn't be heteronormative privilege. It should be based entirely on your experience, your abilities, your creativity, your talent, your skills, um, your qualifications, who you are as a person, what you can bring to the table to that company, what you know, the asset that you will be to that organisation, to government, to business, to science, you name it, across the whole spectrum. That's what needs to happen. We need to change the narrative, and I think highlighting the fact that the virtual workplace is is now part of our lives, is an integral part of our lives. It has been, you know, LinkedIn and social media have been part of our business lives and our professional lives for a very long time. However, we have really come to understand the power that they have because we have relied on them far more than before due to the pandemic. You know, society has changed and is in a in the state of flux it is changing and that is often gnarly and difficult and 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 traumatic but it's an important change because people like governor andrew cuomo come from an old school where they got away with that behavior that he is now being held accountable for thank god he is and he rightly so um the previous president of the united states has got away with abuse and breaking the law and nepotism and sexually abusing women. He has, to at the moment. Um, and that's got to stop. These people in a position of power due to their gender, due to their financial um, background, or due to their political power, or their power in the business, or that they are the CEO, or the owner of the business, or their director, this has got to stop. The abuse of power has got to stop. We've seen it. We've seen people being held accountable. We've seen the change start to happen with the Me Too movement. But we need to maintain, keep the momentum. And we need to look at the abuse that we're open to, that we, we, can exp we experience on, often on a daily basis, or that others are experiencing and that we witness. And we need to not just scroll past, but we need to do something about it. So I am advocating that to to exact the change we have to be the change um we you know i i i had those people's comments removed next time i'm contacting their employer as well
because there will be a next time. Next time I see discrimination based on race, which I have seen, um, then I will use that. I will, I will contact their employers. Because until we do this, until people that are perpetuating this white male privilege patriarchal abusive mindset that the people that are deciding to to gatekeep the world if you like to gatekeep society to gatekeep professional lives to gatekeep the business world until they are held accountable there won't be a change because they are you know these gatekeepers are in the minority but they're loud and they feel they they're entitled they feel that they have a right because society has told them for, for, for generations that they have a right. And they need to now understand that this is not the case anymore. We are not going to put up with this. So I wanted to highlight the reality of our workplace because our workplace is virtual and it is online also. We need to educate ourselves if we are not don't understand someone's history or if we don't understand the LGBTQI community, go and educate yourself. It is not a person that isn't white's uh, job to give you, um, to educate you on race. It is not a transgender person's job to educate you on race. It is not on, on tra being transgender. It is not an, an anyone in the LGBTQI community uh, job to educate you on being gay and 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 or lesbian or non-binary non or bisexual pansexual it is not their job it is your job to use your computer to use your phone which is a miniature computer in our pocket to google to go to a library if you like to read articles online to go and read books by people of that community who write about their experiences who write about their history who have written in different parts of history, who write about the civil rights movement, who are at, who, you know, go and read, um, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King's junior speeches. Don't just put a handy quote up once a year on Dr. Martin Luther King Day. Actually go and read his speeches. Read James Baldwin. If you're privileged enough to communicate with somebody in, in different communities, then communicate as a person um, and and don't expect them to be your teacher. Go and go and educate yourself, and then go and make friends in different parts of different communities. Because if we continue to not have uncomfortable conversations with ourselves, if we continue to not educate ourselves, we will not see the change in the workplace. We will continue to see people being abused for sharing a charity and their disabled daughter. We will continue to see people being abused for coming out authentically as themselves. We will continue to see this happen. We will see it in society, we will see it in the workplace, and we will see it in the virtual workplace, which is now very much part of our day-to-day -day, uh, work life. And this is unacceptable. I have witnessed racism, you know, on, on the bus when I lived in the UK, uh, particularly during the Brexit situation, I have had people, you know, tell me to go away because I have an Italian surname. Um, you know, racism and discrimination and xenophobia and transphobia and, and homophobia is still in society. It is prevalent. It is out there. There are people that will be abusive. There are people that feel that they have the right 
to perpetuate hate, who will, who will just say the most disgusting things. My daughter has to deal with this in her day-to-day -day life. She um, has people that fetishize her, you know, who have a fetish. So they don't see her as a human being, they see her as a sexual fetish. There are people that will purposely misgender her. There are people that will openly, hostilely discriminate her when she's accessing her healthcare. This is something that she has to live with on a day-to-day -day basis, but she shouldn't have to. She's, she's faced discrimination in the workplace, um, and she shouldn't have to do that, but she has. And this is, I'm saying, we need to look at the virtual workspace and we need to clean this up too. We can't just go, oh, it's the internet, it doesn't have regulations. It does, you know, particularly with LinkedIn, because if you have your employer listed, then we can contact your employer and we can tell them what you're doing. We can screenshot, we can send it. There it is, you're writing it. If you put it on the internet, it's pretty much there permanently on the internet. That's how it works. You know, someone will screenshot it and somebody will will save that even if you delete it they will so if you put it on the internet prepare for there to now be an outcome to your actions because i personally will not sit by quietly and allow abuse to perpetuate because i would not um allow a co-worker to be abused for example if i in a physical workplace and not say anything i wouldn't i have spoken up about it and i always will do and I, you know, faced uh, a form of, of discrimination because I was sexually assaulted in, you know, related by a person that was a director of a company I worked for. And okay, it wasn't actually at work, but it was work related. I was discriminated against because I was expendable and human beings are not expendable. And this attitude of treating people as less than um, because of their skin color or their religion or their gender identity or their sexual orientation, or any other aspect of their identity, of who they are, has got to stop. So yes, it's quite a tricky conversation this time, but I wanted to highlight it because our work life has changed. And whereas perhaps we would see things online, it wasn't really affecting us quite as much as it is now. It is affecting us a lot more because the workplace has become more virtual, because society has changed, because of how we work has changed due to this pandemic. We have these amazing resources and tools with, via the internet available to us, but that also brings us in contact with a lot more discrimination and we witness a lot more discrimination and it can make us feel uncomfortable and it can make us feel disempowered, but, it, but you're not disempowered. Now, I don't recommend getting into a toxic backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards with some of these people because honestly, you just end up feeling like you're going mad and you waste like an hour and they are still as disgusting. Contact their employer, out them. It's not about the council culture, it's about them perhaps then accessing some information, some knowledge, them being forced by the employers to go on a course to actually learn how to behave like a decent human being, to look at their prejudice. Because we can change. Racism is, is taught. Discrimination is taught. It's fear-based. It's ignorance-based. It's, it's, it's fear-based. It's because people are uncomfortable and they don't understand it. And they don't what, think they want to understand it. I mean, I had a friend who came from a part of the world that didn't really understand what Pride was about. So I explained Pride and the history of Pride and that it's not, 
it's not a you know a fun thing. It's it's a protest because it protests because people didn't have uh, protection by the law because being being gay, being homosexual, was against the law. Um, that you know for a long time society didn't even believe that lesbians existed, um, which is ridiculous. Um, you know that you know my daughter and her community are having to fight for equal space in society, for having to fight for actual space in society, to be able to take up some room, to fight for access to healthcare, to fight for their equal rights as they are being removed in different countries, and they are. And you have, you know, toxic bills coming in where they want to look at children's genitals um, in America, which is just disgusting. You have whole conversations with the Olympics. The Olympics have shown that they are discriminatory to black women and to transgender people because we are at this important part where yes business can can just be thought of as oh you know uh, success and, and connections and, and the business climate and the fiscal thing and everything else economics and and and, 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 and all that interesting subjects but actually the workplace and the business world is based on people. You know, we all go to work and, and, and we run our businesses and we go to work and we have business relationships and we build relationships that are lasting. And they're not based just on a limited narrative or well, what can I do for you, what can you do for me? We get to know our co-workers, we get to know our business partners, we know about their lives, we know about their wife, we hear about their, their partner or their husband or, or we hear about their children or their dog or whatever. We get to hear about their life, and that's building a true relationship. It might be a professional relationship, but it's building a relationship. And to build a relationship, you have to see who somebody is. You have to see the identity. You have to respect the identity, and you have to acknowledge the identity. And you have to engage, and you have to educate yourself on who they are if you don't know about some aspects of their life, because it's your responsibility to educate yourself and it's your responsibility to be the change so for all those people on linkedin that want to be abusive you know you're breaking your your employer's policies you are actually putting your job in jeopardy if your company has very good robust policies and you're not in a company that has a toxic work environment then you could very easily put yourself in a difficult situation at work and i'm not trying to get people to lose their jobs well maybe some of them but the point is, we have to hold ourselves accountable for any prejudice or bias that we have, and we have to hold other people accountable too. Because I think the days of having to deal with discrimination in the workplace, whether it's virtual or physical, have, have got to be to end. It, it's time it was gone. It's time people were educated. It's time people educated themselves. It's time people did the necessary work. So personally, um, I'm, I'm all for having a positive work environment based on mutual respect. I think it's okay to ask questions. I think it's okay to, to say, I don't know that. But then you can go and find out the resources and educate yourself. I think it's fine to say to somebody, I have no idea anything to do with your culture. I'm going to go and read about that and then come back to you and have a conversation. Because first of all, it's my responsibility to go and educate myself. For example, I live in Greece. So what have I done? I've been reading Greek history. I'm learning Greek, I'm reading Greek history, I've learned to cook Greek food. I have friends that are Greek. 
because I live in, in Greece. I'm not Greek. It's my responsibility as a person that has chosen to live in, in their country to understand Greek history, to understand the history of the country, to understand the history of the Greek people, to understand where the country is now politically, where it has been and where it's, where it's going, to understand the situation here. I mean, we have terrible fires in Greece, the same as in Turkey. Um, I mean, you know, Greece is actually at the moment on fire. The air quality at Athens is very poor because of the smoke. Um, you know, there's whole islands that are on fire. Rhodes didn't have electricity for days. There's so many, so much wildlife and so many animals that have lost their life uh, due to these fires. Um, people have lost their, everything, their homes have burnt down. People have uh, been burnt. People, I'm, I'm, as of yesterday, I don't think anyone had died, but I will check today. But the fact is, this is a terrible situation. And we, I'm now researching the infrastructure of of that part of the political landscape in Greece to understand why the wildfires are happening every year and getting worse every year. Now, partly that's climate change, but I'm now asking the questions and researching why, why this happens and what can be done about it, because it's my responsibility to ask those questions and it's also my responsibility to research. And I will be putting these, these, these questions to government rep representatives because it's important to ask those in power what they're going to do about it, because they need to be held accountable. And that's the same in the workplace. We need to hold people accountable. Now, I'm happy if somebody says to me, oh, I don't know anything about people being transgender and you have a transgender daughter, I'm happy to explain. Um, but I also will then say, why don't you look at this resource and that resource? Why don't you Google this? And I will put it back onto them and say, I can give you a brief uh, sort of introduction but then you need to go and do the research. I had to do the research. I didn't know a lot about um, people being transgender, not that I was discriminatory or didn't know that, they, that transgender people existed. I just didn't know any transgender people until my daughter came out as transgender. I knew lots of people in the, in the LGBTQI community and I have done since I was 15. Um, but I, I, I wasn't close friends with a transgender person I am now I have other friends that are transgender and you know and I have my daughter um but it was my responsibility to go and research that it was my responsibility to go and find out that not my daughter's so I'm going to leave that there because I want us to think about this and I want this to be an important conversation for us all to have with our co-workers with our employers um, with our business communities, our clients, with um, our unions, with all, any organisations that you belong to. If you're you know, a professor, the university policies, look at those. If you are a scientist, look at the government or the, the company that you work for policies. We need to look at the policies in place for in our workplace. We need to look and exactly what that looks like, and we need to see if they are, are enacted, if they are upheld, and if people are held accountable. We need to have conversations to find out if people are being discriminated against. We need to see who is being promoted and who isn't. Is that merit-based or is that white privilege? Is that gender privilege? We need to start this conversation. So this I wanted to highlight the things that I witness, and this is only two stories out of many that I see on LinkedIn, many. And I'm using LinkedIn because it is 
just a business professional social media forum. It's 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 you know it's not like Facebook. It's like a mixture of personal and business and everything. This is this is professional. This is people looking for work. It's people like me that have businesses. It's, these are employers, big companies, or employees. You know, this is the professional space. So I wanted to use that to highlight the abuse that is happening on a daily basis in our workplace because it's our workplace. If you use LinkedIn, it's our workplace. It's an extension of our working life. It's a part of our working life. So I'm going to leave that with you and I hope you are having a great day. And I will put in the description of this podcast um, an organisation that you can donate to towards uh, the fund f- to support people who have been affected by the wildfires here in Greece. Um, please stay safe and uh, lots of love and thank you so much for listening.